Welcome back to Soul of a Warrior. Today's episode is the human experience. So why did I choose this topic? Because I was in therapy the other day and, you know, I'm just like talking about how much I hate life. Nah, I don't. I wasn't. But my therapist is basically like, Morgan, you know, all these things you're going through are normal. You're normal. And these are human things. And it just really put this perspective in my head of like, oh, oh, you're right. Everything, every thought, every feeling, everyone has these things. No, not all of our situations are the same, but we all have these emotions and we all get depressed and down. Whether you think you do or not, you have down days and whether you've experienced like real depression or not, you will you fucking will and you will you say you won't but you will there's and i hate that for you and i'm sorry but ultimately it's the human experience because we all experience these things and we all have hardship and we all have trials and tribulations it's so easy to like think you're alone and it's so easy to just kind of exaggerate your own problems and because you've never experienced that before and you may not have anyone to, to, you know, share the feelings with, you know, being in the, in the military, I remember experiencing stressful times and always having people around me to share the experience with, and that always made it easier and feel like it was less difficult because I needed to grow up. I'm, you know, I needed to stop being a baby because I wasn't alone in this. You know, there's 18 year olds, you know, going through this. There's people in their thirties, late thirties going through this that have families. I didn't have a family, you know? So it was just this community feeling of like, I'm not alone. There's other people going through this. And I watched how they were kind of getting through it and it really helped. But when you're alone, quote unquote, you're not, you're never alone. But when you are, when you feel like you're the only person going through your, your own struggles and, and challenges, it's so easy to kind of think like, kind of feel sorry for yourself, you know, and you, you have to give yourself compassion. You have to, you know, sometimes you do kind of like, you do you have to kind of give in to your emotions and be like, it's okay. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay. But like, there's like a line. There's a line of like, okay, now I'm just feeling sorry for myself and I just need to get over it. And I do that a lot. And I had this friend last week that was like, Morgan, stop fucking feeling sorry for yourself. You're tough. Act tough. Be tough. Like, you think you're the only one who's gone through shit. I've gone through shit too. And I was like, oh crap, you're right. You're right. You're right. Like, is it okay for me to feel bad and like feel sad and depressed? Yeah, of course it is. It's normal. It's natural to have those feelings. I wouldn't have those feelings um, to express if it wasn't natural, right? But it's also a mental game, right? And 
you have to learn how to change your thought patterns and like you you are in control of your mind ultimately you are in control of your hand movements right you're in control of your of you know whether you the choices you make if you go running today or not you're in control of what you put into your mouth what you're eating um you are in control of your thoughts and it's so difficult because it's so easy to to just let your mind run rampant and let your emotions control you and i i know that firsthand y'all i just letting just feeling a certain way and letting your emotions take over and like i don't feel like going to the gym today so i'm not gonna go i don't feel like taking the dogs for a walk today so i'm not gonna do it i don't feel like cooking so i'm not gonna do it <laughs> so, and discipline discipline and like just changing your your thought patterns and really thinking deep on that like why why am i giving in to my emotions you know i can change these emotions i don't have to succumb to these emotions and just like dwell in it when i'm having a bad day i don't have to sit here and like i always for me i just want to sleep when i'm having a crappy day i'm like i don't want to do anything i don't want to see anyone I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay in bed and sleep and sleep it off because I feel like crap. But the thing about depression and like depression is a serious mental illness. Okay. But <laughs> it literally, it only makes it worse when you give in to your feelings. When you give in to your emotions, you're like, ah, it feels so good just to stay in bed and sleep. It literally is like a tumor growing, okay? And you, when you give in and you feed it and you give in to your emotions and you just like stay comfortable, okay? When you're, when you stay comfortable, those negative feelings just grow. So for me, I have to really get outside and, and challenge myself to to stay, stick with the routine and get outside my comfort zone. Even when I don't feel like doing things, I do them anyway. Why? Because it's uncomfortable and it challenges me and it, it grows my uh, discipline, my self-discipline. And I feel better about myself. Honestly, I feel better about myself when I push myself past that uncomfortable place than when I stay in bed and I sleep those negative emotions off, when I, when I stay isolated inside and I don't go hang out with friends. And it's just, it's so hard. If you, if you got out of bed today and you, you listen to this podcast today, good on you. I applaud you. But these are the things that I am personally learning and, and maybe you can kind of get on this journey and, and learn with me. Right. So confidence, self-confidence is a skill. And I was listening, listening to a YouTube video from Mel Robbins yesterday, and she was talking about how she, she deals with it and how like she woke up in the morning and she's like in her underwear, brushing her teeth. And she's like, uh, I look like, you know, she's talking about how her gray hair is coming in, how one tit's sagging, how she's got like these bags under her eyes. And she's just self-deprecating you know putting yourself down like uh like look at me I, i'm a piece of shit and then she talked about how those thoughts then led to 
uh, I didn't get, I didn't send that text. You know, I didn't reply, re- respond to that email. I didn't send off that paperwork. And then it's just like snowballing into first. It was self-deprecation, putting herself down. And then it led to her work life. And like, then she stopped and she realized what she was doing. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's okay. It's going to be okay. I'm doing just fine. This is human. I'm human. This is normal. Like I'm just having, you know, this is life getting older, whatever. This is life. And, uh, she said she, she high-fived herself and she talked about how, how silly that felt, you know, just like high-fiving her, air-fiving herself in the mirror of like, you got this. But she said, just stopping herself in those thoughts right then and there and, and having the self-awareness and realizing what she was doing in that moment. Like, oh shit, I'm putting myself down and like how it's making me feel and how it's changing my mood and how, you know, how am I going to show up today? Because I've got meetings, I've got things I need to show up for. I need to show up for myself. I need, I have things I need to do, but I'm starting my day off in this negative place because of my own self, you know? you have the power to alter your moods and, and to change the way you feel about yourself. And she also talked about how it's a, like a primal instinct to, to learn from your negative experiences to protect yourself in the future. Right. So that's normal. That's natural. It's, it's primal to do that. You know, you, you get attacked by a lion and you then fear fear getting attacked. So you're always on edge. You're always on edge waiting for when that lion's going to attack, right? But then you grow stronger. You prepare yourself. But you can't, you can't keep living in that state of survival. You know, you, you got to kind of have some self-awareness of, of, where you're at and like how you're feeling and I don't really know where I'm going with that, but you know, it's tough. It's, it's, it's all these negative beliefs that we have about ourselves and this negative self-talk, you know, it could have stemmed from childhood maybe, or maybe not. It could have been that you had a parent that was really hard on you. It could have been someone else. You know, maybe you're bullied. Maybe you had an abusive relationship that like made you think these things. Or maybe you just like get rejected a lot and you like are unable. You you think you think you're unable to like find a relationship. You're single forever. Well, it's so easy to kind of dwell on that and pick on yourself, you know, pick yourself apart, but you're all that you have. It's not like you're going to change bodies. It's not like, I mean, yeah, you could get like boob job and stuff and a nose job and all that, but why for, for other people? Why would you do that? Um, and I understand like to feel better about yourself, but why do you feel bad about yourself? Why? I want you to ask yourself that question. You know, why, why do you feel so bad about yourself that you're willing to 
change the body that God gave you in order to feel good so that other people accept you? Is it, is it acceptance from other people? Is it you worry so much about what other people think of you? Man, 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 man. That's craziness. Because guess what? No one gives a fuck. <laughs> Someone has to say it. Someone has to say it. No one gives a fuck. I I still am struggling with that. Like, confidence is a skill to master. It's a fucking skill. And you have to work at it. And everyone has insecurities, okay? But someone looks at me, they think I'm confident. They don't see all the bullshit that goes on in my head. I'm, like, so insecure about certain things, okay? No one gives a fuck about your insecurities. They see you for you and they accept you for you, okay? And just because someone doesn't want to date you doesn't mean anything about you. Not everyone is, not, not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to be your cup of tea either, okay? You're, you don't like everybody. Then why do you expect everyone to like you? And then you judge yourself because not everyone fucking likes you. I go this, I go through that too. <laughs> so like, and then we pick at ourselves because it's like, oh, maybe not everyone likes me because of this. Because I don't have big enough boobs. Like the most absurd thing. What? No, no one gives a fuck. Okay. <laughs> no one cares. It's um Oh, man, I just, when you just have that realization of, like, no one really cares and you stop caring, it's actually a relief. It's a big relief because it's like, well, if I accept myself and I'm fine and I'm fine with the way I show up in the world, then that's all that matters. This podcast, for example... This podcast is something that I personally enjoy. Whether anyone else likes it or not, I don't give a fuck. Okay. I'm here. I'm real. I'm vulnerable. I enjoy talking and I enjoy sharing my experiences. And guess what? Is this a great way to make money? Absolutely not. I make one cent. One cent per listen. Guess what, guys? I have like 240 listeners or something. I make one cent per listen, mm-hmm. but I've only made one cent after like a hundred listeners. So I've only made like a dollar fifty, a dollar fifty, you guys. So why do I keep doing this? I do it because I like it and I don't give a shit about what people think. The right people are going to keep coming back. The right people are going to keep listening you know, I enjoy putting this out there. I enjoy talking about my experiences. The intention is to help others. The intention is to to broaden our, our perspectives on life. And, you know, I want everyone to realize that we're not perfect. And I'm I'm really tired of of seeing these people pretend that they are perfect because I struggle with shit. I struggle with depression and I, I get on social media and I see all these perfect fucking people and it pisses me off because I'm like, man, I, I want to I want to look like that. Man, she's fine as hell. I want to look like that. I want that perfect, you know, booty. I want that perfect tan, those big ass eyelashes. I want that, but I can't afford those. 
but I want, you know, I want those clothes. I just, you want, 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 want. You desire so much, right? It's coming from a place that I don't have. I don't have any of that, right? That's not true. That's not true. I do have all that. I'm, God gave me a body. He gave me eyelashes. I don't need fake eyelashes. <laughs> I don't need, you know, I just, what I need is, is to love what I have. I don't, if you keep desiring what you don't have, you're going to live in this constant state of like, of less, of I'm not enough. But if you just practice gratitude and like, ah, I have, I have it all. I have, no, do I, I don't live in a mansion. I live in a, a duplex. Okay. Would I like to live in a mansion? Yeah, of course. But am I happy living minimalistically in a smaller space? Yeah, I am. I am very happy. And I think ignorance is bliss as well. Like, do I know what it's like to live in a mansion? No, <laughs> no, I don't. So I, I am happy living where I live and, and wearing the clothes that I wear and, and looking the way I do because I don't know any different, you know? So I don't know. And maybe you've downgraded in life. Maybe something's happened to you and you've had a downgrade. You've had to, you know, pandemic affected everybody. And maybe you had to downgrade, sell, sell things, maybe get a cheaper car. Maybe you've had to, you know, relocate, change jobs, maybe sell your home or, or rent. And that takes a big hit to your ego, right? Because you're like, you see yourself as less. You don't have as much as you did. And now you're in this lesser mindset. But if you just stop where you're at and look around, you still, you're still breathing and you're still alive and you still have everything to survive. That's all that fucking matters. That is all that matters. Don't compare yourself to where you were. There's a lesson in it, you know, and don't compare yourself to other people either. Just because you don't drive the fancy car doesn't mean they're, that person driving that fancy car or living in that big ass house is more happy than you. What's, what is more important in this human experience? Happiness, love, you know, community, being close with others. Is having this glorified career, is that what matters? No. Because guess what comes with that? More work. More money comes more work. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think those are good goals to have. I think it's awesome that that, that person worked hard enough to get where they are. That is amazing. But we are all on our own separate journeys. And if if that brings you happiness, more power to you. But the other people, you know, from are, that are standing on the outside looking in, saying, wow, I'm not smart enough to be a doctor. Like, I'm not smart enough to be an astronaut or an engineer, all this bullshit. Because, you know, they make so much money and they, you know, who, whatever. That doesn't mean 
that those people are more or less happy or more or less fulfilled. Don't you understand that? I went to this little rock show at a um, bowling alley last night. And I was leaving and there was three homeless people at the entrance. And I, they had me laughing so hard because it just, it really put it in perspective of just all of everything that I'm saying. These people are living on the side of the road. They barely, like, they don't have anything, okay? They've got the clothes on their back. They've got maybe some some other things. They're all sitting in, like, one one was in a wheelchair. Uh, it, it didn't look like he was he needed the wheelchair. You know, he just was just sitting in it. But they were having fun, and they were laughing so loud, and it was cracking me up because one of them, the, the entrance was kind of like a, a hill. So the road was at the top of the hill. And then when you drove into the parking lot, it, it went down the hill. So this, this guy was in his little wheelchair at the top of the ramp. And then he like, he took off real fast. It was like spinning his wheelchair down the ramp and they're all dying laughing. And it had me laughing because I looked at it like, you know what? These people are freaking having fun and they don't have anything they don't have fucking anything they don't even have a house or a home to live in or a car they're literally living on the side of the road and they are having fun like are their lives glamorous fuck no (laughs) no but what i'm saying is like it's not materialistic things aren't what matters more money, more power. That's not what matters. Yeah, you, do you need, in order to make change in this world, do you need to maybe, you know, be educated? Probably, most likely. Do you have to be? No, you don't have to be. But, I mean, to make change and to to do things for other people, like a lot of these people that are pursuing, um, these things like engineering and, and uh, medical, they want to truly, in their heart, they want to help people. And, and that's what's pushing them. It's not that they think they're smarter, you know, smarter than everyone else. It's not that they're focusing on a big paycheck. They truly, in their heart, want to help people and guide people. And that's what it's all about. That's what makes them happy and fulfilled. And from the outside looking in, it's so easy to be like the self deprecation of like oh I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough to do that like blah 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 blah. poor me but really you need to be doing whatever makes you happy right just like this homeless guy spinning his wheelchair having a grand old time he is just enjoying his the moment enjoying life like despite his challenges despite his situation and that's what it's all about um, so I did get off on a little tangent there, but the purpose of this, uh, this episode was, was really just to talk about the human experience and like, just have fun with it. And I, I was thinking earlier, I got my coffee here, uh, you know, no creamer. I ran out a couple of days ago. So it's like, it's like super, super dark roast coffee. Ugh. But, um, yeah, so 
I, a couple weeks ago, was dropping off my rent, first of all. Let me talk about, let me talk about uh, property management companies, okay? These motherfuckers, they give you two, maybe two, like, freebies. And, like, if your rent doesn't go through or, or um, if they try and take it out of your paycheck or your uh, bank account and there's no money in that specific account, it flags you. Well, you only get two of those. Well, I have a roommate also. So those two little freebies counts for this one household, not not for each of us. Okay, so, so, so flipping frustrating. The rental, the property management company is like, 30 to 40 minutes away. So every first of the month, you've got to drive. Gas is expensive as hell. Drive all the way there to drop off freaking rent. And yeah, it's annoying. But I dropped rent off. Me and my roommate both. We dropped our rent off a couple months ago. And they have this little drop box outside their building. And since COVID, they, like, will lock their business door and they won't let you in. So I'm like, what the fuck? One time I didn't have an, an envelope. I just had a money order. And I'm like, I'm not going to put this in the Dropbox. And their business door is locked. And so I call them. I'm like, hey, you know, can you um, can you come pick this up? Because I don't have an envelope. They're like, oh, I'll just drop it in the Dropbox. I'm like, well, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And then also I found like someone dropped their keys in the parking lot. So I was like, well, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. But also I found someone's keys. So I need you to come out here. And they like, they open the door and they like, they crack the the business door and stuck their hand out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Get over this COVID bullshit. I'm trying to pay my rent. You guys won't deduct it out of my freaking bank account. Like don't, <laughs> I don't know. Just, they're all sorts of petty. Anyway, long story short. So, a couple months ago, my roommate and I both had our money orders stolen from the freaking Dropbox. Okay? Here it is. Like, halfway through the month, they're like, you haven't paid us rent. We're going to evict you. And I'm like, okay, bitch. You know, in the past, I've sent some hasty emails in in our new lease. It specifically says that we are not allowed to send hasty emails. (laughs) Yeah, they made a point to say that because I chewed somebody out. And I don't know if it's from me. I'm sure it's not just me, but that happened. So, you know, I call them up. I'm like, hi, I did drop off my rent. We both did, actually. And uh, I have the receipt. Um, what happened to it? Because obviously it wasn't us. And come to find out someone stole both of our rent from the freaking Dropbox. Ugh. So. just ugh, It's just annoying. <laughs> it's just annoying. <laughs> And they're like, okay, well, you need to go through this process and you need to um, submit a claim on the, the website saying that it was stolen. So I did that. Well, it's there's a fee. It's like $15 or $20. 
to freaking submit a claim and have them send you a money order back. To get a money order in the first place, it's like a couple, it's like there's a tax on it, right? There's a tax. So every single time you get a money order, there's a tax. Well, I've lived here for three years. So since that time of our, our freebies were up, my roommate and I both have had to get a money order separate. Okay, so that adds up too. And plus this bullshit, it's like there's a fee. There's fees for everything. If you're late, there's a fee. You know, this all is oh, so frustrating. I was going somewhere with this, but after uh, my bitch session about my property management company. So I was dropping off my rent. And I rode my motorcycle. I was wearing a little, little uh, bandana, looking like a bad bee. And there was this lady, and she's like, she's looking at me. And you know when you can feel someone looking at you? And I'm just like looking over, like, what the fuck do you want? And she's like, is that your bike out there? I'm like, yeah, it is. She's like, oh, awesome. That's so awesome. I have, you know, they they, they only say that because they have a story that they want to tell you. Okay, so here, here it goes. Well, my brother just died and he left me all these motorcycles. She'll probably listen to this. I hope she does. But, and uh, I was like, that's fucking cool. Okay, so, so her and I, her name's Mary. Mary and I got to talking. So we're standing outside this property management and uh, we're talking and she's telling me how she wants to ride and how she, she has, I think it was like a hot pink, like Harley or something. And she's telling me how, you know, she doesn't really know how to ride, but she wants to get into it. And, and I told her I'm fairly new to I told her I'm fairly new to riding, but I would love to go ride with her, like female empowerment. I just, I think it's badass seeing women on motorcycles or just women doing cool things that are stereotypical, like male things to do. I just, I freaking love it. You know, I think we should hype each other up and support each other and it's awesome. But anyway, so I didn't have business cards at the time, but I was telling Mary about my website, Silver Warrior, and my podcast, and, and my intention for it, and um, how I was I was making t-shirts that had, like, motorcycle babes on them, and she's like, oh my gosh, yes, you'll have to, you know, we'll have to uh, connect sometime, and she gave me her business card. Well, like, a week later, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to email her. So I emailed Mary. I haven't received an email back from you, Mary. <laughs> and I feel like a total weirdo, but this is what my email in this in the subject line it says motorcycle Morgan. And I can't stop laughing because I now looking back, I'm like, you know, it's actually kind of fucking weird. Hey Mary, this is motorcycle Morgan. I met you at the housing, pro the property management company. I'd like to, to ride motorcycles with you sometime. Like, that's how I, that's the voice in my head. Just, like, this real, real, like, creepy. 
hey Mary, it's Motorcycle Morgan. But she's like, you know, my mom's age. She's a lot older than I am. But it's just funny. I haven't received any an email back from her yet. But um, I was just thinking about that this morning. I'm like, man, she probably, <laughs> she's probably like, who the fuck? Motorcycle Morgan. <laughs> she calls herself that. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted her to remember me. And <laughs> she will definitely remember me now. Um, well, it's just funny. It's just funny. Oh, what else? The human experience. Weird encounters where you, you make yourself look like a total weirdo. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, I hope they don't think I'm... I'm strange, but we're all strange. We all do things like that. What about, let's see. I was trying to think of things to, to talk about that are human things that like we all deal with that are kind of funny. Like, um, okay, here's, here's one. I was driving my I was riding my motorcycle home from the gym the other day and this happens a lot and I really want to do like a uh, like a remake video just to like show everyone what I'm talking about but this happens a lot and I look over and it's always I'm in the left lane and there's someone in the right lane next to me and I like they don't see that I'm looking at them. They're looking at my bike usually. And like, I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, that person's definitely staring. And <laughs> you just can feel someone staring at you. I'm like, God, it's like, stop looking at me. But after a while, it's like, you know what? Like, yeah, I got it going on. I got it going on. What you know, you just kind of freaking flaunt it. I got a cool bike. I got it going on. I know you're looking at me. But no, this this guy was he was staring at my bike, and then I like looked away and I like kind of like slowly kind of like glanced over out of the corner of my eye, and he's still staring at my bike. And then this is a long red light, okay? It's a long, long red light. And I look away. A little while longer, I looked back, and this dude is—he knows that I saw him. He knows I saw him staring. And so, do you know that panel beside the like the panel of the door where the door shuts? So it's like the end of the driver's side window, and there's like that the panel of the door. He was like hiding behind that panel where I like couldn't see his face at all. But I could like barely see like his eye. I was like, dude, what? What the fuck? <laughs> that happens all the time. All the time. Like people, I would much rather you make it obvious that you're staring and wave. Just, hey. <laughs> then to creepily like hide behind the panel of your car. Because it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> Honestly. So if you're one of those creepers that stares at people. I do it too. I do it all the time. 
I love people watching in the car. But just know that I feel extremely uncomfortable when you're trying to hide from me. Just do a little wave. Just a wave. Hey, I'm staring at you. Yeah, I'm staring at you. I'm like, oh, I know you're staring at me. I'm, I got it going on. But you make it weird because you try and hide. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, if you're one of those creepy Carls, I'm going to make a shirt. Creepy Carl. Creepy Carl. If you're one of those creepy Carls, I'm behind your door. Just do a little wave. Just a little rock on, man. Fuck yeah. Rock on. Rock on. That's all I want. Don't make me feel weird. Okay. Don't make me feel weird. Or like the old men. There's a lot of old men that stare too. And I think mostly they're, they're not creeping. Okay. They're staring at my bike. And they're like, man, that's a nice bike. And I'm like, thanks, man. But they're not trying to be weird. They're just admiring. And also a woman on a, on a motorcycle. They're like, that's fucking cool. I'm like 70 and I'm women my age don't fucking do that. You know, I think back in the day, people used to be so judgmental. For real. I mean, we had the era of hippies. There was like that, those people who like recognize that we don't have to be like this, which I admire that, but a lot of people were judgmental and I think the the women who rode motorcycles and did things out of the ordinary were kind of looked at as kind of outcasts. And uh, so it's it's kind of funny to see older men like look at me doing these things and they're like kind of impressed but like not really sure what to think. Like it's acceptable to, in today's culture and they they have seen it all. They've seen the culture that it wasn't okay it wasn't acceptable and those women are seen as outcasts but now they're they're also in the present culture where it's like yeah women are doing all these things so it's like how do I respond to that now that it's okay um yeah I think uh I think it's cool but I do get stared at a lot um I I just had a thought I wanted to talk about I forgot now oh Mary Wollstonecraft is a an early female philosopher of like the 1800s, late, late 1800s, maybe early 1900s. But what's really cool, she talks about all of this in um, I don't I don't think that she published this book, but she I'm not sure, but the book is called. A Vindication of the Rights of Women from early philosopher Mary Wollstonecraft. And she talks about all these things in depth of how women in in her time frame, like it's just an interesting perspective to see like back then she, she talks about it firsthand. Of, she lived it, right? So like women who wanted to have jobs and wanted to, to get out in society and do things. And like they had dreams and they wanted to experience things and they didn't want to have kids and they didn't want to get married. And they like, they saw 
opportunities that they wanted to, to pursue. Um, how they it was harder for them because that traditional mindset of this is how you need to be. You're a woman. This is how you need to be. You're a mother. You're a wife. You you're a you're a mother early though. You know it's we're talking like fourteen, fifteen. Like you don't get to have your own life. Your role as a woman is to have babies and. You don't just have like one or two, you're going to have like 15 and these 15 babies are going to be workers on the farm. So as a kid, as like a teenager, you're going to get married to some dude you don't even like, and then you're going to have all these babies because you and this dude, you're going to have a farm and then you're going to have all these babies because you need people to work on that farm and farm hands are expensive because then you got to pay them. But if you you know, have your own kids, you don't have to pay them. Ah, free child labor. That's, that's what that is. I come from a family that's like that, believe it or not. Uh, I'll talk about that here a little bit, but, but in her, in, in, in that book specifically, it just talks about that, how that the traditional role firsthand from how she describes it and how you were an outcast if you didn't want to live that life if you didn't want to have kids and and be kind of tied down to that farm life and if you really wanted to get outside of and pursue things and as a woman it was really difficult and you were kind of shunned from society in a way like like why are you trying to be different why are you trying to be your own person your own individual and how you're that was kind of looked down upon it's a really great book um gives some really good perspectives on that and I'd I'd like to talk more about that maybe in a a later episode but yeah just uh, I love that I love early female philosophy of just how um why why was it like that why (laughs) gosh and like how tough it is coming out of that mindset and how we still have people who live in that mindset today and how frustrating it is because their families kept that traditional lifestyle, you know, and people carry it on because that's all they know and they don't want to differentiate. They don't want to stray from the norm because they won't be accepted in their own effing family. And so it's like they, that's all they know and that's where they're accepted and that's where you know it's scary to get outside your comfort zone it's scary to try new things because you're told your whole life this is who you need to be this is how you need to live you know what let me tell you what i grew up like that i'm not doing it i'm not fucking doing it i am not working on a farm i am not (laughs) i'm not doing it although i do think it's cool I love farm life. I think it's wholesome. I think that you learn a lot. You learn a very strong work ethic. The whole family pitches in and helps. And like, there's something about that work ethic that that really, when it's instilled in you at a young age, that it just really sets you up for good things. But now I'm, that I'm an adult, I don't want to live that life. <laughs> and that's okay. I have other things that I would like to pursue I'm aware 
like I know what that lifestyle is like. I'm aware that it really instills like some really good qualities and values within me, but that chapter of my life is over and I don't want to my my dad was asking me that. You don't want to like own cows? You don't No. No, I don't. I don't want I don't want to rake and bale hay. No, I I fucking don't. Other people do. That's really cool. I think that's badass. But me personally, there's other things that I want to do. I like landscaping. I like designing. I like doing podcasts. And, you know, I like kind of living in the city, Dad. (laughs) I don't want to be on a farm in my boots for my whole life. Maybe, Maybe a little bit later when I get a family. I'll go back to that, maybe. I don't know. But right now, no, I don't. I don't. So, anyway. Just Mary Wollstonecraft talks about how how difficult it was and, and how alone you were because you literally were, like, fighting, you know, for your rights. And you, you didn't want to live that life. You didn't want to freaking be nailed down. You wanted to pursue your own interests and how it was so looked down upon and you weren't accepted for it. So I think that's an interesting perspective to have. So the way I grew up, I uh, my family has a century family farm. So like my great, great grandfather, I believe, and grandmother, they... They uh, own this property. So there was this little cabin, this teeny tiny, like a two-room cabin, I I think. I've been in there a couple times, but it's like there's a piano in there um, with like a little wood fireplace. When you think cabin, it's not a house. I'm talking like it's probably the size of a bedroom. Okay, (laughs) two-roomed, but the whole the whole house is the size of a bedroom and there's like a piano in there and a little stove and it's like really old timey and um yeah it was it was next to like a little river and they had a bunch of kids to help them work on the farm and run cattle and things and my dad would tell me stories about how during the the war, during the Civil War, I think, they'd have people come and, like, hide out in the freaking river, you know, and uh, that's what they did. They, they hid out in the riverbeds. Um, there's fresh water right there. They had like a spring, a freshwater spring. People would come by and, and they they kept cans, like alum, aluminum cans, um, hung up on the, the side. And people would pass through on their little wagons and, you know, or on foot. And they'd just like grab a, a can, take a scoop of this water out of the spring and drink it. And if you've never seen a spring, a spring is like very, it's extremely cold. Um and it's constantly flowing, so it's not, it doesn't have bacteria, it doesn't stagnate. 
it does get mossy in the bottom. So like one of my favorite things to do when I was young was, was to clean the spring. How did, how did I clean the spring? I took a brush, like a giant, like outdoor brush, a garage brush or something, or a, a, a broom, I should say, not a brush, like an outdoor broom. And I would just like um, sweep the bottom, sweep all the, the moss out. And that would literally, that would get it out. And then that was it. That's how you clean it. You just like scrape the moss out. But it, it, it was constantly, there was like constant, constant, constant bubbles, you know, coming up from the bottom um, where the water was so, so cold. Hot springs is a, you know, that's a familiar term to most people, hot springs. Well, like a, a natural spring is cold. It's extremely cold water, complete opposite. And you can drink out of it. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And so that was kind of how my family, my, my dad's side of the family anyway, um, originated. You know, his, my great grandpa then built a house on the same property and had his kids, you know, and then then my dad and his cousins grew up hunting and, and fishing on this property. And and then my dad tries to get us, you know, my brother and I are adults now, and he would try and get us to kind of uh, be a part of it too. But that's not really what I want to do. And that's okay. But anyway, that's life. The life experience, right, of just tradition and that traditional family and yeah, it's weird. It's it's crazy that in some families, it's looked down upon if you stray away from the norm. You stray away from what your family wants you to do. But um, hello, I'm an individual. I have my own dreams. I have my own aspirations. Like, I should be able to pursue whatever I want to do. And that's what a lot of us struggle with. And I think it's awesome. I think it's cool. Like we need people though. We need people to continue doing those things to keep that lifestyle going. We need farmers. We need, we do need people, you know, and I understand, I understand that my family, like legacy, they're a bunch of farmers and teachers. I understand that. And we need those people. We need to keep that legacy going. We need farmers, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> Other people can do that. I don't I don't want to do that right now. Growing up on a farm was fun. Um, I talk about like work ethic and you you may not understand when I say that you may not understand it. Um, so like what did that include? Chores. Freaking chores. I remember when I was young since I, since I was young, I would like go everywhere in rubber boots, like duck boots is what you call them. Um, just waterproof boots or cowgirl boots, you know, but cowgirl boots are expensive. And so when you're young, your feet are constantly growing. So it's just cheaper to buy duck boots or rubber boots when you live on a farm. And so, and they're tall, they go up to your knees. And so if you're in the creek or something or, or you step in a puddle or or in your you know on the field and stepping in cow poop you don't 
you know, it doesn't get on your pants. So I, since I was young, I was like bottle feeding calves. What does that mean? Well, like sometimes when a cow is giving birth, the cow rejects, the mom rejects the baby. Sometimes that happens or sometimes the, the mom dies and the baby's just left alone. Well, the baby needs to eat. So you bottle feed it. It's a huge bottle. Like you picture a bottle the size of like a baby bottle. No, Mm-mm. this thing is like a, like bigger than a gallon of milk. Okay. It's huge. And the nipple on that thing is huge. It's, it's bigger than your middle finger. Okay. It's like, it's huge. I don't even know how to describe it, but anyway, so I, I remember being a little girl out there in my denim jacket and my duck boots. And, um, uh, if you listen to this, I'm going to, I want to post a picture of me doing this, but I was bottle feeding a calf and you have to do it several times a day, usually in the morning and at night. So twice a day, for a while until they get bigger and then you can usually do once a day and you feed them some grain so they can start eating some more solid food um so even as a a young girl that's what it was instilled in me that you work like this is you take ownership you know i don't care you're five years old you get up that that baby is hungry that calf is hungry you need to feed it because if you don't feed it it's not going to eat you know and it so you get up early you make that bottle, it's got to be, you know, warm, can't be too hot, can't be cold. You go out there, you spend 30 minutes or so feeding that baby, and then, you know, that you take care of it. So I remember I've done that since I was young, and that, and then, oh, dogs. My my parents usually, my dad usually took care of the dog. You know, we had dog kennels, so we, my dad was a big hunter, you know, bird dogs and things, and so we had dog kennels, okay, so it was just like a giant concrete pad with like a shelter, and with their own, each had their own dog house, and you, you know, you don't, you want to take care of them, so you got to like scrape out the poop and stuff, and uh, get them fresh water, and, and moss and stuff, or, or like algae builds up on the side of the water, so you got to constantly clean that. Um, you got to feed them, make sure they're taken care of. When it gets cold, you put hay in their dog beds and, you know, make sure they're warm, put little heaters, you know, when it's cold outside, their, their waters freeze over. So you got to put little water heaters in their water bucket. Yeah. Like it's a whole lifestyle and even just like having that responsibility so young and just having that understanding and compassion for animals so young really they gave me a big heart one I cared so much about like okay I have to take care of this baby well I'm like five five or six you know I'm, I'm a baby you know basically so but it just instills this responsibility of like like oh that thing needs me like oh that like that thing needs me to survive I have, it's on me to take care of that. And if I don't, that thing's not going to survive. And so just learning that from a young age and um, growing up, we also, we, uh, 
got you know when i was older we moved to a bigger house i grew up in a in a trailer on a farm i had really young parents and um back in the day that was pretty standard just like that's all that they could afford it was it was cheap but like i didn't think anything of it it was nice you know we were clean um and then when i was like 10 we moved into a house and uh we had a fireplace and stuff and so when we had a fireplace we'd cut wood and um it wasn't just up to my dad my dad was a hard worker and he did a lot of the work you know but i think it was this idea of you want to be warm like it's not just on my dad you know so he he meant all we all helped my mom and dad me and my brother we all we all helped and we all contributed and you know what are we doing today oh we're gonna go cut wood oh shit that means we i need to put my work pants on my work boots i we're gonna spend the day cutting wood and like my dad ran the chainsaw and then the rest of us just like you know my brother had an axe and he'd split the wood um and my, my mom and i and we just put it on the trailer and then after that after cutting on the wood you'd have to bring it back to the house and stack it up and um yeah so i think there's just a like a difference it's it's work ethic it's uh um teamwork too you know when my parents were at work i'd come home from school early and, and the fireplace was almost out and it was important to keep the fire going so that the house stayed warm and you know eight o'clock at night or whatever if they were getting home late and the fire was out they're like it's fucking cold in here and it's under it's less than 30 degrees outside like why didn't you keep the fire going and so just little things like that you really had to take care of everybody and it was always a team effort and like you wanted something you had to do it yourself and um I come home from school had to you know I I was really bad at keeping the fireplace going like I just didn't understand and like I'm just a curious mind and I always try and do it different like well, maybe this would work and it always put the fire out and I just it was it was really hard it's really hard to keep a fire going but yeah bringing in wood and like you know if I got some spare time before my parents got home we'd I'd carry wood up just to make sure that they had wood to put their put it you know in the fireplace later at night but those are just things that you had to do that they're just second nature to me um but it really did instill like a hard work ethic and I, th I would say that those are things that are outside of the norm for most people and um even like working on my car people are like oh you know you work on your car I'm like yeah I remember changing my oil or like changing my tire at 15 or 16 and not I couldn't when you literally you couldn't rely on anyone else like you you're out in the middle of nowhere your parents work an hour and a half away or whatever you have to learn these things in case they come up because you're the only person that can take care of you in that moment and so it's not necessarily that my parents didn't care it's like you have to learn to do these things one like when we're not around you need to be able to take care of yourself and like I learned that at a young age and like you also it's a team effort like you've got to take care of the rest of us too you know if you see something you take care of it you put wood in the stove you, you feed the dogs if it, if an animal's hurt you freaking help it figure it out like you know so i think that 
really uh, helped make me a more well-rounded person for sure. And uh, I learned compassion early on. Every, so I'm recording this a little bit different. I'm sure I sound more professionale, but I, so I got a microphone. That's what I'm using. But using this microphone, I can only record 30 minute segments. Okay. So that's why I keep splitting up. And every time I split it up, I want to change the subject. Okay. So now I'd like to talk about, now I'd like to talk about body hair. For the human experience, why is body hair seen as disgusting? Like, even from my, even from a young age, I remember trying to shave and wax my legs, like young, you know, six or seven, getting into shit, getting into razors and trying to shave. Like, why, why was it people bullying me? I don't know. I don't remember, but like, I just didn't like it. I don't. As an adult, I don't, I don't like body hair. I don't. I, a lot of people grow theirs out. You know, okay. <laughs> we are in a different day and age. We are just, we're in a different, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of women grow their body hair out. I'm not judging, but it ain't for me. It ain't for me. I don't like it. I don't like body hair. It makes it feel gross. I don't know what it is. Like, I can't, I can't fucking do it. I cannot do it, okay? Why? Why? Why is it, why does it feel gross? Like, why does it, what is that? Like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that it's not necessarily, it's, it's partially, I care what people think. It is. I'm going to be honest. It's partially that I'm like, ah, don't look at my legs. They're prickly. And I, you know, or my armpits or something, you know, but what's crazy is every single person, we all have hair. We all have body hair. Why are, why do we feel embarrassed about these things? Why do we feel embarrassed about these things? Why do I feel embarrassed about the black hair on my upper, on my upper lip? I got a mustache, y'all. But guess what? I can't help it. I have black hair. I have black body hair. I cannot help it. It is all natural. Okay? I cannot. I don't choose to have a mustache. But I have one. Okay? And the older I get, I get chin hair too. I've got a full fucking beard growing. Do I want to have a full beard? No. But it's natural. Not that I'm growing it out, okay? Not that I'm sitting here going like, man, you know, can't wait to grow out my, my Fu Manchu. You know, I'm constantly, it's in the back of my mind, like, oh, I need to wax. Like, oh, I need to pluck. Like, oh, I need to get rid of all this body hair. Why? Why, though? Not that I'm for or against it. I'm just, I'm just questioning. Why? Why do we feel gross when it comes to body hair? And, like, I worry so much about guys looking at my upper lip and being like, ew, ew, she's got, she's got a mustache. Look at this. Oh, she's got black hair. Is that chin hair? You know, literally something I cannot, I cannot control. 
None of us can. But guess what? We all have it. No matter what color it is. People have it and it's not black. It's, you know, they got blonde lip hair. Literally it's out of our control. So why do I care that much about what other people think? Because they have hair too. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like one of those things that will forever be an issue. It's like, yeah, it's never going away. Mm-hmm. Lip hair, unibrow, all of it. Chin hair, all of it. And we judge other people, too, for that. You notice that? I do. I do. I judge people. I'm like, damn, look at that fucking mustache. And I look in the mirror. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I got a mustache, too. Fuck. Shit. But... It's just one of those things, the human experience, freaking facial hair on women and belly button hair, <laughs> nipple hair. We got it all, y'all. Let's stop acting like we don't because it's there. We're human. Um, it's just funny. It's just funny the things that we we try so hard as humans to not be human. Like, What is it to be a human? we're hairy we have crazy emotions we're weird as fuck uh, mm, we get addicted to things that make us feel good let's see we care about what other humans think of us we worry so much about what we can't control as far as like appearances go, like our natural born appearances, we care so much about that and almost so little about someone's character, about what's really on the inside, which that to me is strange. And as I, I think it's just something that you, I mean, some people grow up with that, but like, that's also something that you kind of learn as you mature too. You just, you start to, to realize like, accept people for who they are and and like it's not people can't control what they look like people can't control there's literally so many things out of their control but what they can control is what they put out into the world like their personality and what's on the inside that's what you are in control of so humans are weird aren't they hmm weird a lot of species aren't like that i mean Really, we are very, extremely intelligent. We can think through these things and we have the ability to be self-aware. We have this profound like, awareness of outside versus in, internal world. You can keep that internal world quiet or you can choose to, to embrace it and, and let others see that internal world, which makes a personality. It's just so interesting. The things that we're worried about too, like chap lips. I was talking to, I, I got coffee with a friend the other day and living in Colorado, I'm telling you, something that you literally cannot avoid, chapped freaking lips, y'all, chapped lips. And I'm not talking about like a little like, oh, my lips chapped. I'm talking about my lips are fucking peeling. What? What is this? What? I just, I feel like my lips just went through a cheese grater and then got sunburnt. 
and they hurt. Like, I don't know what to do. I put chapstick, but it doesn't fix it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. That was something moving to Colorado. I'm like, I hate this. The chapped lips. That is something that is definitely not, you don't get that everywhere. In Florida, I didn't, no, that wasn't a thing. No, that wasn't a thing. It's just like in this dry climate, it's hot, dry climate. And um, you got to constantly put chapstick on and and be hydrated because like dry skin, chap lips, dry hair. That was a weird one too. Your hair is so dry. Anyway, I got coffee with a friend the other day and I was like so worried that he was like looking at my lips because I was like, I mean, I got some chapped ass fucking lips. And then you try and use your shirt and like, like scratch the skin off and it just makes them bleed. And then your lips are fucking bleeding and raw and they hurt. Like it, you know, and then you try and drink something and it just burns because you've got this raw skin. Dude, oh, chopped lips are the freaking worst. Thank you, Colorado. Thanks. <laughs> but those are just things, things that we worry about that everyone experiences and everyone goes through. But it's just normal. It's normal. Like, uh, feet. I personally, I don't. I think feet are gross. Feet are fucking gross, okay? Fucking gross. Gross. And they literally absorb so much gross stuff i mean they're your shoes like your toenails there's stuff under your toenails there's like and then get all like callousy and rough mine don't okay i'm i take care of that shit but you know feet are just gross i just (laughs) and uh yeah i don't know I don't know. Why? Like, why, though? Why are feet gross? Why Why do I find feet gross? Some people don't. Some people like feet a lot. So much that it's a fetish. So much that they, like, get off on that stuff. I don't, under, I don't understand. Why are humans like this? I don't know. And they're not weird. It's That's not weird because more than one person is into the, that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like one person in the whole world is into that. Like, that's a human thing. Some people like it, some people don't. Uh, hey, you know, I don't know, fingernails. Uh, I, if someone has, excuse me, earlier, younger Morgan, I used to be so particular in like the people I would date. I'd like look at their fingernails. <laughs> Their fingernails. I'm just like, I don't know why. It's just one of those things. My friend, one of my really good friends. I'm not going to say his name. (laughs) He's, He's one of my best friends. But we used to work together. And he had the weirdest fucking fingernails. And I would tell him that. Like, they look like claw. They look like claws. And they would grow out into a point. I was like, dude, I've never, I've never seen fingernails like that. He's not like he can control what his fingernails look like. 
I was like, dude, you got some funky ass looking fingernails, dude. They just, those are some primal, like, dirt digging nails. You know, they're like some caveman looking. He's going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Sorry. Sorry, buddy. I love you. I love your fingernails. You know, you, you they're unique. That's what makes you you. You know, and that's... But damn, they're fucking... <laughs> anyway, just there's things. Human things that make us unique and different. It's just, it's just funny. Like, what is it about you that makes you stand out that you think, you know, what makes what makes you different? For me, it's my big-ass nose. That's big-ass nose. You know, here's another, this is what frustrates, frustrates me about having a big nose. There's two things on your body that never stop growing. Your nose and your ears. Okay. If you saw a picture of my great grandpa, this, this dude had some big ass beak on him and some big ass ears. Luckily, I have tiny ears. Okay. There's room to grow. But his nose is so large already. I haven't even hit 30. Ugh, what? It's okay. I can make fun of someone's fingernails. I I have a large beak. Okay? I know. I know this. It's just a human experience. We're all made different. We're all made unique. And that's... My nose is one thing that makes me extremely unique that's for damn sure if you see it if you look at it from the side it's sometimes you can see like nose hair popping out and like the worst thing about having a big nose is like when when uh it's cold outside or like when my nose is running my nostrils actually come up on the side and my nose dips down in the middle so like someone else can see the freaking snot coming down my nose or like my nose running and I can't like maybe I can't feel it or maybe but it's there and people see it and like so I gotta make sure I get my nose hairs I gotta make sure I I always get the my nose you know wipe my nose because it you can literally see up inside that thing it's like a freaking like cave like hello hello in there that's that's my nose, okay? It's huge. You can see up my no- nostrils. And the thing is, it just keeps growing. It just keeps getting bigger. Like, listen to this. When I was young, I've always had a big nose. Always. And I've always been made fun of it, too. But I really had to grow into the nose. All right? When I was younger, my, my head, I have a small head. My head was so tiny. I had these, like, very slender bodies, long, lanky arms. I was, I've always been tall. So long, lanky arms, they're tiny, slender, tiny head, big ass fucking nose, big nose. And like, it's just not proportionate. Like, why does this little girl have such a big ass nose? Thank God I grew into it. But the unfortunate thing is noses don't stop growing. So, you know, I've got a couple years till I hit 30 and once I'm like 80, I'm going to be hitting the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Look out for me. You know, hopefully Spotify is still a thing when I have kids, my grandkids, and be like, yo, yo, grandma, grandma Momo over here with the Guinness Book of World Records nose. 
oh shit that nose doesn't stop hasn't stopped growing like oh shit that's gonna be me okay anyway that's all i have for you today i just wanted to leave you with a funny chuckle that's what that's right i said chuckle i just wanted to leave you with something funny check me out on my website www.soulofawarrior.com also hit up my instagram too i'm trying to grow my instagram following and i have a tiktok that's right i'm i'm with the cool kids i've got a tiktok but check out my instagram and my tiktok it's the same uh name it's at soul underscore of a warrior you can find me there if you don't know me personally and you like you know what i have to say or you'd like to give me some honest brutal feedback freaking send me a message dish dish it out send me a message on my instagram i'd love to hear your comments feedback uh if you'd like to hear me talk about anything in particular or um you're curious about knowing more yeah let me know All right. Well, thanks for listening. Take care.